does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him, who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Rob. It's good to see you here at our Bible Talks. And as Ryan uh, said up front, uh, we look at God's Word and in the Bible and we try and work out uh, what's that going to mean for us. If you've not been here before, a warm welcome to you. Uh, have you used the first year of university this year? Uh, it's yeah, okay. Uh, here's, a, here's an interesting one, which um, well you can answer if you wish to. Uh, who he is your is you're the first one in your family to be here at university or at university or Yeah, a number of you. Um, Wollongong apparently is one of the uh, high-ranking universities for first in family uh, to be at university. That's pretty cool. It's a very aspirational university. Uh, it really raises the, uh, the bar on people's lives. And you're here. You're here at the University of Wollongong, UOW. Uh, it's a great place to be. Uh, you, Whatever it is you're studying, uh, you're in one of the top places to, to study uh, in the world. And it means big things for some people and indeed it means big things for some families. Maybe your uh, family has great hopes for you and the things that you will achieve. Well, whatever those hopes, dreams are that you have, that your family has, we're going to see what hopes and dreams that God actually puts for us in his word. Today's about entering God's Kingdom. That's what Jesus is talking about. All through this part of Luke's gospel, entering God's kingdom. Uh, you may not have had a chance to meet people on your table. In, in this sort of format of our Bible talks, we try to have a bit of time where we can chat with each other about the passage. Uh, you may not have had a chance to say g'day. Uh, I'm going to give you a moment to do that, say g'day to each other, and ask the question, what hopes dreams, big things are you hoping for, for this year? Uh, if you're on the floor, that's good, you can get comfortable and meet some people around you and talk about that. I'll give you a minute to do that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. 
like a bomb in his hand and everyone's sort of watching what's going to happen. It's tense. <coughs> it's almost like Jesus is there with his guy who's unwell and it's like, what, you dare me? Yeah, you dare me? Yeah, yeah, it's a Sabbath. I'll heal on the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dare me to heal this guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on the day of rest and recreation, you dare me to restore and recreate this guy's health? Yeah, yeah. Quite seriously, Jesus is shredding these guys uh, and tearing them down. They butchered the Sabbath the rulers, because they don't understand the kingdom. Jesus has come to bring the Sabbath. Tensions heightened. Jesus heals the guy, and no one knows what to say. But what are you going to do? Complain about something like that being done? But Jesus only just started at the Pharisees. He only just started picking apart what is wrong with the system. He watches. Jesus does the watching this time. And he sees something so ordinary in the way they go about things at his dinner that no one notices. Notice Jesus says, they choose the places of honour for themselves. They have a self-serving system. And that's their norm. And all I can say is, thank the Lord for name place cards that you have at weddings at cookies on tables. Uh, we don't have to worry about that. You know, we may think that we deserve to be on that table right there, but we actually got placed way back down near the toilet. Uh, but but well, I got caught today. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, we don't have to deal with that sort of arrogance most of the time. But it's still in us, isn't it? It's still here, even at uni. You probably are told, well, I, I told you just a moment ago, you made it here to the University of Wollongong. You're good. You're very good. And people will tell you that. And you might say that to others, just casually. I'm a student at the University of Wollongong. <laughs> and then they tell you, I'm in law at the University of Wollongong. <laughs> <laughs> and someone nearby chips in and says, yes, I'm in Bradford Edison at the University of Wollongong. And all the crowds part. <laughs> <laughs> Not far off it. And Jesus, to this whole system of status and arrogance, tells this parable. Verse 7. Tell this parable to those who are invited, where you notice how they chose the places of honour, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit in a place of honour, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Okay, first thing you can get to chat about at your table uh, is what things stand out to you in this parable? Okay. 
How is this a parable? How is this a parable? Because <laughs> uh, if you know, so you may not be aware of what parables are, that's okay. Uh, you just think, oh, well, that's what it is, it's the thing, it's a parable. Um, parables are like stories that Jesus tells. They're, they're um, irritating stories that sort of get under the skin if they're meant to, uh, or some people just ignore them. But this is like Jesus. This is like Jesus giving a lesson in social etiquette, isn't it? Is that a, is that a parable? Luke says Jesus tells a parable. Which part of that is the parable? Well, if you're new to parables, you go, oh, there you go. I didn't even know about that. If you know about parables, you can chew on that. But I think it really helps us understand what Jesus is doing here when you understand which part is the parable. What Jesus is doing in all of this section is challenging their assumptions. See, everyone assumes that they're going to be in the kingdom. And the Pharisees themselves assume that they're going to be in the kingdom. Of course they'll be in the kingdom. If anyone is going to be in the kingdom, of course it's going to be the Pharisees. They're the honourable people. They're the people with uh, a claim on the kingdom. Their right to be in the kingdom. And uh, though our society now is generally unreligious, uh, it's infected with the same thinking. You, don't, you only have to scratch a little bit below the surface. surface. Whether people are believers in God or not, most people assume that if they were ever to stand before God and be asked about entering his kingdom, that it's their basic human right that they'll be in there. It's just assumed. It's not just Pharisees' problem. We've all got it. Whether religious or not, we just think, well, God's got to let us in. He's got to let us in. That's a basic human right. But, and you can just test it out too. I mentioned this at uni starters on Friday, uh, if you're there. Uh, you get talking with a friend around here and you ask them, you know, while you're at uni, do you think you'll explore, um, you know, who God is and what it needs to know God? think you'll do that while you're at uni. And the vast majority <coughs> to a person will say, nah, it's alright, I'm right. Nah, thanks, I'm right. We just assume that we're okay. And Jesus here is saying, don't make that assumption. Don't make that assumption. First to last and the last first. Jesus could just walk away and just say, well, blow with you. But he hammers them and he says, don't just Assume that. And I've got to ask you, do you assume that yeah, you're right with God when it comes to all things eternal? Yep, I've got it all worked out. Jesus says, yeah, it's easy to assume that everything's okay. Because, point two, entering God's kingdom is easily missed. It's easily missed. Jesus turns his attention to the host who invited him and rebukes him for his guest list. He says to him, When you give a dinner, this is verse 12, or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbours. They also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. 
Well, imagine that guy who's in front of all of these guests. He must have been red with embarrassment. I know I would have been, uh, because that's what I do. If I put on a dinner, I invite my friends, my family, uh, people that I know. Isn't that what you do? Like when you put on a dinner? Like, what's Jesus saying here? What are you supposed to do when you put on a, a dinner? Like, you say it's your 18th or your 21st. And you want to do the right thing. Who are you going to put on your invitation list? Well, Jesus says, don't put your family on that. Don't invite them. <laughs> um, go down to the local nursing home and get them to come up. Maybe give them the help with their A-frame. Um, get them up there. Invite a few families. Um, maybe from, uh, from Housing Commission flats near you. Invite the homeless. Invite um, those awkward, strange people that every neighbourhood has. Invite them along and get them all together. Could you imagine it? My 18th, my 21st. It's like, they're probably wondering, what am I doing here? <laughs> What's Jesus doing here? Is he giving social comment on how to host a party? I don't think so. Consider where Jesus is. He's in the home of a Pharisee amongst Pharisees <laughs> who presume they're in God's kingdom because they keep God's law. In fact, they pride themselves on keeping a stricter than God's law type law that, uh, that they produced to ensure that they would keep God's law. Like, you know, the Sabbath stuff. You know, you don't do this on the Sabbath, you don't do that on the Sabbath, you don't heal on the Sabbath. When Jesus has just rebuked people for assuming they're right with God, rebuke the Pharisees for thinking because of their just good they're in, why on earth would now Jesus outline his own law about how you go about doing parties so that you could be in the kingdom of God and add that to your list of things to do? It just doesn't make sense. Why would he suggest another law to a lawkeeper who wrongly thinks that lawkeeping is what makes you right with God? I think rather part of the parable Jesus is commanding the impossible. You just can't do it. You just can't hold dinners and parties like that. They do it once. You just can't pick that up. It's not social etiquette laws that Jesus is laying down here. I think it's part of the parable. The outsider to the kingdom hears Jesus and says, <laughs> uh, not likely, <laughs> not inviting all them scum to my place. Or else someone might say, sure, that's a great idea. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Let's, let's invite the media in. We'll do a campaign. We'll get some community funding. Uh, we'll splash it everywhere. Yes, it's great. It's a great idea. Or some people might just think, that's a nice thought, isn't it? That's not a nice thought. The true follower of Jesus the true disciples get irritated with Jesus and says, how on earth do you do that, Jesus? How can I... It's like the disciples asking, how do we feed 4,000? Jesus says, you feed them. Jesus says, like, how do we do that? You work it out. And the true disciple <coughs> keeps coming closer to Jesus. How on earth do we do that, Jesus? How do I work that out, Jesus? And of course, in the end, 
you can't. But there is one who does hold a banquet for all of the outcasts, the lame, crippled, poor, those that don't fit anywhere else. And that's where Jesus is going with his parable. But first he gets interrupted. Uh, he's, Jesus is making things very awkward and uh, now he makes them tense. Uh, most Aussies, uh, we don't like conflict, do we? We don't like awkwardness. We don't like... Uh, well, I don't, anyway. You know, you've got to lighten the, lighten the atmosphere, tell a joke, something like that. Well, in this passage, there's an Aussie bloke there in verse 15 who interrupts Jesus. When one of those who reclined the table heard these things... Uh, a bit awkward atmosphere. He said, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. It's like, yes, we can all eat and drink to that, can't we, everybody? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no good. Uh, well, no, actually, uh, says Jesus. Uh, but since you mentioned a feast, let me tell you a story. Uh, there's this guy who once gave a great banquet and invited many people to it. Verse 18. Uh, verse 17. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Uh, the first said to him, I bought a field, and I must carry out the spear. Uh, the second one said, uh, I bought five yoke of oxen. It, it's not really Jesus lighting the atmosphere here. Uh, he says, the people who were invited into God's kingdom make lame excuses. Bought a field? Just have to go and look at it. Uh, I bought some farming equipment, oxen. I have to go out and look at them. Um, we're newly married. Sorry, we don't go out. This <laughs> is lame. They just don't want to be a part of this man's celebration. They just don't want to be there. And understandably, he's angry, but he sends out his servant to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Here they are again. They pop up in Jesus' story. And they come in. At verse 23, the master said to the servant, uh, oh, sorry, in verse 22, the servant said, Sir, what you've been done, uh, command has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. <laughs> the guy says, go out further and get more people and get them to come in. The highways and hedges. I wanted to get you to wrestle with this, but we're out of time. Hedges? <laughs> go out to the highways and the hedges. Interesting, isn't it? You don't think about these things. Maybe there's no answer that groups up. But I'll, um, I won't. I won't say what I'm going to say. But just know if you're, if you're, it's a long bow to draw. Ephesians two. If you know it, you don't want. You can switch off and have a quick nap. Um, if you don't, if you're not interested. But in Ephesians two, when Jesus talks about, sorry, Paul talks about Jesus bringing both the Jew and the Gentile together, he talks about breaking down the dividing wall of hostility. You might be familiar with that passage. It's the same word. <coughs> hedges. Breaking down the hedges. Here, 
go out to the highways and the is it the dividing wall of hostility to the Gentiles, the outcast, outcast beyond and bring them in? Well, it could But back to awkward Jesus. <laughs> None of those who were invited shall taste my banquet, staring around the room. But it's not just because he loves conflict, it's a warning, isn't it? The kingdom is easily missed. All you have to do is say, no thanks, I'm good. No, I actually don't want to go. I'm busy with other things. Uh, I'm finishing my committee report. I'm finishing other things. And the less blind, lame, poor, crippled you are, the more opportunities you have in life, the easier it is to say, no thanks, I'm good. Got what I need, and the door to God's kingdom closes. But it's also clear that entering God's kingdom is easy for anyone. Uh, all you have to do is say, yes, I'll come. I'll come. Even the blind before the lame, the crippled, the outcast, anybody can just say, yes, I'll come. And come in. And they do. And God says, come on in. And the background of this story you see way back in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus outlines what he's actually come to earth to do, which is to bring in God's kingdom, to usher it in. And Jesus says, with me, the door to God's kingdom is open. Come on in. Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. And it's easy to enter it. All you have to do is say, yeah, Jesus, I want to enter God's kingdom. I want to follow you. I want you to be my king. Yeah, it might be that you've never, you know, you've never thought of that before. You've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've been fluffing about actually making Jesus king. Don't miss the opportunity. It's a brand new year where new stuff can happen. Say to Jesus, yes, I want to follow you. Yeah, yeah, do it. Do it today. I want to give the opportunity in But first of all, there's one more thing Jesus says. <laughs> Entering God's kingdom costs everyone. For everyone who chooses to do it. Great crowds of company members. If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father, mother, wife, and children, and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Says, you can follow me, it's very easy. It'll just cost you everything that you have. Indeed, so much so that your family is no longer your priority. Your whatever it is that you hold dear is no longer your priority. Yeah, don't be fooled by that or worry about hating language. It's the idea of in the Bible of choosing one thing over another. You so choose one thing that the other option looks almost hated. You so choose Jesus that everything else is distant, distant second. It's like in the wedding service, forsaking all others, so long as we both shall live. Turn your back on everything else. That type of commitment that Jesus is talking about here. If you're going to follow me, it's got to be everything else a distant second. And if he is the Lord of heaven and earth and the king of God's kingdom, it makes sense. It's easy. He owns you anyway. All you're doing is saying, yeah, I want to submit to you as king. This, friends, 
is normal, everyday Christianity. Normal, everyday following Jesus. Not that extra special thing. Unless you give up everything. Give up your great ambitions for the year. Your great ambitions for... Is this one the same seven piece? Yeah. A couple of minutes. No, sorry. <laughs> Unless you give it all up, you cannot be Jesus' disciple. Friends, don't miss the thing. It's easy to miss. It's easy to join. And it costs everything. If you want to talk about that afterwards, come and find me and see how easy it is you can be part of God's That's right. Well, thanks for your message to us. Help us not to miss the kingdom that you've brought to the Lord to us. Lord, please do not close the door on us entering your kingdom. May we give up everything to follow Jesus as our King. For those that are thinking about that thing, Lord, please allow them to do that with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.